just went down the road to get some adult things to consume because that seemed like a fun idea. And what adult things have you chosen to consume? Is it condoms? Yes. Um, I like to put it up my ass and see if I can <laughs> fart a balloon. <laughs> Hello, pod people, and welcome back to another episode of Big Bad Nonsense. I am Sock, and sitting here with me is the man who wants you to lick him where he farts, Biscuit. Hey, guys, I... Huh? Uh, hold on, hold on. Who, who's there? Hey, y'all! It's me, Geechee Spud Humper Third. Oh, How he's you back. Doing? Hey, hey, Spud Humper, what's up? I'm happier than a... Jack Rabbit jacking off, and I got a joke for you. All right, let's hear it, man. Uh, why do you never see elephants hiding in trees? Why not? Because they're really good at it. <laughs> okay, I gotta go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, our friend of the show, Spud Humper, <laughs> the third, or something uh, like that. Not his best work today, man. I'm gonna have to talk to him about that. Yeah, he's got he's to work on his material a little bit. See, with me, if it's not going well, I just start saying fuck a lot and hope that makes up for it. But with him... Hey, y'all! <laughs> fuck! <laughs> geech, geech, go. Go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, Biscuit, how are we doing? I am doing swell. I got myself... NHL 20 for the Xbox. I'm gonna play that after this, so I'm gonna do a half-assed job today. And would you say that is more or less exciting than the critic uh, cricket uh, game that you got? Uh, I tried to play that a little bit more, and I think I kind of get it now, and it just makes me want to play it less, because I'm like, this doesn't sound fun. So it's it's not one of those things where once you know the ins and outs of it, that you enjoy it a little bit more. No, you run back and forth between the wickets and, like, you just do that forever unless you really fuck up because it's kind of hard to get out. So, yeah, I'm, uh, cricket, I'm just, I have, I have tried. I have tried so hard and I'm just not feeling it. I'm sorry. Well, no one can accuse you of not trying, that's for sure. Yeah, well, that's about all I have to say about that. Okay, well, that's a good moment for us to move on with the show. Yes, it is. Biscuit. What? We have an important announcement to make. We do? We do. Uh, in addition to Big Bad Nonsense being available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher, we are now available on some new services. Like Fox News? No, they do not offer podcasts. Oh. No, ladies and gentlemen, pod people, we are now available on both TuneIn and, uh, oh jeez. And that other one that we're on now. <laughs> No, Spotify. We're now available on Spotify. There's the ticket. Spotify's big shit. I go in places. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it wasn't hard to do. I just said, why haven't I done this before and uh, did it? Well, that kind of diminishes the achievement, but okay. I well, appreciate your honesty. L let's not diminish it too much because Spotify does review podcasts and they do have sort of a, a higher standard to which they hold the quality of the podcasts, from what I've been told. So we were accepted to that. So uh, I guess that means that we have a certain level of quality, surprisingly. Looks <laughs> like we made it. Uh, tune in is also one of the ones that, uh, you know, I don't know why I hadn't applied to before. Uh, actually, I think I had done it a little bit earlier, but there were some issues and I had to resolve them before I wanted to, you know, publicly say to people, hey, we're available on tune in. So if that is your preferred uh, podcast listening method, then go ahead. So basically, we're expanding the number of places where fine part podcasts are sold that also make us available to the public. Fine podcasts are sold? Are you holding out on me? Because I ain't getting shit for this. 
Yeah, your your royalty check is is coming. Uh huh. It's negative yeah. twenty five cents. You owe me money. That sounds about right for uh, <laughs> entrepreneurial shit, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, I I, I did uh, pay to uh, upgrade our SoundCloud account so that we're not limited to three episodes being available maximum. Okay, I'm I'm backing off. Okay. <laughs> Uh, other than that, this is where we'd normally have the mailbag session, but uh, we don't have any mail. What's going on with you fuckers? Yeah, email us, you assholes. What's going on? used to get, like, boat and questions, and then I'd tell you that you're all dumb, and I guess that's why you stopped sending them, but <laughs> send us some mail. Like, like, tell me, like, what's your favorite animal? Mine's a spooky ghost. Yes, pod people. Uh, please email us telling us what your favorite animal is. Biscuit would like to know. BigBadNonsense at gmail.com. Or if you'd prefer to tweet us, Twitter at BigBadNonsense. I, I made a joke. I said mine's a spooky ghost. <laughs> we heard you, Biscuit. I, I just wanted to make sure because I, I didn't feel the building shaking from laughter. So I thought you missed my favorite animal is a keyboard. Uh, doesn't feel good, does it? <laughs> uh, okay, so let's move on to the main part of the show. Biscuit, I'd like to take a moment to talk a little bit about Area 51, if we could. I would love to do that. <laughs> no doubt you've heard in the news. Uh, Biscuit, tell our audience, for those of us who aren't familiar, though they probably are if they've had any time on the internet what recently happened over the past week well first of all area 51 is where i was born so it always has a soft spot in my heart but um they were doing like a march there like a rally some sort of celebration of sorts that was initially pitched online i think jokingly and it got such a response that the creators are like Okay, fine. Let's actually fucking do this. Let's go have a party around Area 51. Mm -hmm. That's what I got for you. That's pretty much it. I think you've nailed it right there. Someone posted on Facebook. They made a Facebook event saying basically, hey, uh, let's storm Area 51. They can't stop all of us. And uh, several million people replied that they would be attending. Now, see, if I was Area 51, I would just like clear everything out for a bit and be like, you know what, this one time we're going to let y'all in, it's cool. You know, like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or some shit. And they just let everybody in, there's just nothing in there. They're like, here's where we smoke cigarettes, here's where we used to clap cheeks with aliens, uh, and then and kind of leave it like that. But I don't think that's what happened. No, and of course, this being the internet, right, a lot of people do things that just aren't particularly serious. So, two million or three million people or whatever who said they were going did not show up, of course. Uh, yeah, that will happen. Yeah. Uh, I think the numbers were somewhere around 1,500 or 2,000 people, they estimated, which isn't really a swarm. It's a little short of a couple million, yeah, but I mean, it's not a terrible turnout for something that is was completely insincere stupid. to begin with, yeah, and is <laughs> dumb as shit yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, some people did show up now they didn't storm the base obviously luckily the people who showed up had a little bit more sense than that they just sort of hung around and drove up the road as far as they could go and talked to a few people and that was basically it I think there was probably more news reporters there than there were actual people visiting the area if they actually tried to storm it that would be like the rare mass shooting that you look at it and you're like, that's pretty funny. Mm, probably. I, I mean, the, there was no way they were ever going to get into the base. I mean, there's so many logistical problems with that, not the least of which is the American military. Yeah, that's usually a bit of a hurdle. It's, it's also why, you know, these you-can't-take-my-guns people are such a fucking joke. Like, what are you going to do with your fucking revolver when the tanks show up, dude? Like... Okay, buddy. That that's a whole. That's neither here or there. But yeah, your, your point being that most people can't take on the U.S. military. Well, that's the thing too, right? It's a military base, which logically means it's designed to withstand a military invasion. And these are just people who signed up through yeah. Facebook. Yeah. So a bunch of 
fat 35-year-old white guys in Rick and Morty t-shirts probably aren't going to get the job done. No, and I mean, there was the whole issue, too, of the where do you storm the base from? Like, there's a road driving up to it, but that's the obvious place to go. And it's it's in the middle of nowhere in the Nevada desert over some quite treacherous mountains. It's not something I would recommend hiking, especially if you're an out-of-shape, older, white guy. Yeah, if you're a comic book guy from The Simpsons, which is going to be a majority of this crowd... Um, but if you do want to storm Area 51, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas has a mission where you invade Area 51. So I would play that game and take some notes, and it'll probably work in real life. Mm-hmm. So um, our listeners should give that a shot and let me know how it goes. There we go. This is sort of the, the opening to what we're going to talk about today. Biscuit, what do you think about the whole idea that Area 51 houses alien technology or aliens or something like that? Bullshit. I, I mean, I think I've said this on here before, but, you know, if we had a bunch of alien tech sitting around with President uh, Dummy Dumbfuck that we got right now... You think he wouldn't be tweeting about that and, like, taking selfies with it and shit? So that right there makes me kind of doubt its existence, though I'm totally on board with the whole aliens are real thing. Uh Uh-huh. Because they have to be. But they probably look at us and they're like, ugh. So (laughs) I I don't think that we got a bunch of their tech sitting around. That that's a big point, and I think that a lot of people overlook that. Donald Trump takes every opportunity he can to do something wild and ostentatious. Like he's been in the news recently because he was making fun of that Swedish girl Greta Thun- Thunberg, uh, I think is her name, right? And like, yeah, that's that's been all all over the news recently. It's like all <laughs> him and a bunch of other people, really. I I mean, if yeah, there was an opportunity, the entire staff of Fox News. <laughs> I mean, if someone can't resist taking pot shots at at a at a Swedish teenager who just wants to make the planet nicer, then you know, sitting on alien technology is just not something that's that he would have the intestinal fortitude to do i guess just just say intelligence but i mean yeah <laughs> i mean that's the same guy that i it was like a month ago i think that it was like an iranian nuclear something or something station blew up and he posted a picture of it and was like we weren't involved and you could like see the camera flash in the picture he posted so he's clearly like in a top secret briefing, they're handing him photos of shit, and he's taking pictures of it and posting it on Twitter. So you think this dude's going to shut the fuck up if we have an alien? I'm going to say unlikely. Okay, well, let's not make the whole episode about, you know, President Tiny Hands. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's, it's a valid point, though, because there's been you know, however many presidents, 45 of them, I guess, and at one point, if if they're involved in the whole thing, unless this is really a whole deep state, whatever, like, even beyond that, like, the whole logic of aliens being here on planet Earth is absurd. If people understood the universe and how fucking big it is, they would understand that this it's just not possible. And any race of aliens that had the technology to come here wouldn't be taken prisoner by us. They would just no. walk over us, basically. Yeah. yeah, if they're able to come here, it's because they are harvesting us for meat. It's not like they're going to be like, here, have this fucking technology. They're like, hey, we're going to eat you. <laughs> or at least just, you know, muse over us as like some sort of a animal zoo or something like that yeah even in movies they kick our ass like we take guns and shoot them they're like that's cute so imagine like real ones rolling up on you it's not gonna be a good time so the notion that the american military captured flying saucers or aliens and is hiding them is is absurd very much so yes Anyway, so, Biscuit, my question for you is, where do you think most of these UFO myths come from? Um, people in 
very, 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 very rural areas that have had a little bit too much and they saw something they didn't understand and they come to the conclusion that it's aliens because it's always well not always there there actually have been on a more serious note you can look up there have been several ufo sightings that were reported in areas by like hundreds of people at one time so maybe something's it by at some point but most of this stuff is just people in shit-kicking hillbilly areas that they got bombed, they woke up in a field, and then they think aliens did something. What if I told you the call was coming from inside the house? Creepy pasta. <laughs> Biscuit, we're, today we're going to talk about the story of Paul Benowitz. Does that name sound familiar to you at all? No, I haven't heard of him. So, Paul Benowitz was a renowned ufologist, ufologist, Ufologist. I don't know how to say this word. Urologist. Not a. <laughs> he wasn't a urologist. Uh, he was this guy. There's was aliens a... in your piss. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, when you pee, it's aliens leaving your body. Yeah, finally. Actually, is... an explanation that makes sense. <laughs> is isn't there some religion that believes that that like aliens are infesting? Our, our bodies or something like that? I'm sure there is. I mean, we had the Shakers that didn't believe in procreation, and um, yeah, they're not around anymore. I can't imagine why. I think you've made that joke already. I, I'm sure I have. I'm very <laughs> limited with my material, but it, it's still it's worth remembering that they did not see that that was going to become an issue. Or if they did, they just didn't care. Well, maybe they knew that they were dumb. I don't, I don't do this religious stuff. I don't know. I'm a fucking heathen. <laughs> Back to Dr. Paul Benowitz. So Dr. Paul Benowitz, he was an engineer. So he's a, a pretty smart guy. There are a lot of people in the UFO community that like produce literature that they're not dumb. They're, they are fucking out there, but they're not dumb people. They have respectable backgrounds. Well, that's the same with a lot of things, right? Like, even in cults, like, sometimes you see, like, uh, doctors and lawyers and, you know, people who have uh, done a lot of study in their life and have accomplished a lot in the realm of accumulating knowledge, but they still get suckered into these things. Yeah, and to have these moon bat theories, a lot of times you do need some level of intelligence to you. Otherwise, if you're just nuts and stupid, you're you know, a bum that's taking a piss on the train in New York, or I I thought I had something funny, but I didn't. Go on. <laughs> All right, so anyway, Dr. Paul Benowitz, uh, he was an engineer. He did some work for the American military. He owned a business. Uh, most of it was, like, installing equipment and things like that. I don't have a lot of background on his business. But he is unique because he actually lived near the Kirtland Air Force Base in New Mexico. And that makes him unique. Well, I mean, n not many people can say they live near oh. a military installation. Yeah, and that's a pretty desolate area, so fair enough. Okay, I'm not quite familiar with New Mexico, and I, I don't really know where Kirtland Air Force Base is. But A lot of it looks like the first episode of Breaking Bad, where, you know, they drive out into the middle of bumfuck nowhere with the RV. That's a lot of New Mexico. Okay, I, that's kind of what I pictured it as. Like, maybe it has quite a few population centers and then a lot of empty uh, hinterland. Yeah, there's a lot of nothing. Okay, so perfect place to put an Air Force base. But anyway, Paul Benowitz, he had a view of Kirtland Air Force Base. Now... One thing that uh, Paul noticed is that he started to record, so he could see this whole area from his house, basically. And he started to record some rather strange lights in the sky and in the area around him. Or as the rest of us like to call them, stars. Uh, no, uh, this was more closer to the ground, so he definitely wasn't seeing stars. Ground stars! <laughs> in addition to this... Uh, he had some uh, amateur radio abilities, and he was picking up strange transmissions. The, the um, amateur radio community and UFOs are like peanut butter and chocolate. There's a there's a 
very long-lasting bond there. Like, um, I don't know if you ever heard of it, but like one show, Coast to Coast, that's still doing that stuff. There, there's a very tight bond there. I mean, I guess so. If you're interested in the beyond and the outer reaches of the stars, what a better way to reach out than through radio, I guess? I was told when I was a kid, like... Light beams, if you shoot them off in the sky, they'll go on forever. So I was just, like, out there with a flashlight, like, waving it around, hoping, like, 500 years I'd blind <laughs> some alien with a spaceship, and he'd be like, you motherfucker! Like, just sitting just sitting in his, like, uh, little starship there, and then, like, a, a mag light flash, like, whips across his, his window. <laughs> yeah, and blinds him, and he swerves into a meteor. He's like, god damn it! Well, I mean... There's the, I don't know if you know the SETI project, right? The Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Uh, they have all those radio telescopes just basically pointed at the sky, listening for stray signals that might just be wandering in the in the universe. Yeah, a lot of that stuff's actually pretty cool, and I support it being around completely. Yeah, I mean, it's not implausible. So, I mean, maybe a few amateur radio operators who are interested in the same idea push it to its limits. And good for them. I mean, if it wasn't that, they'd be, I don't know, doing whatever our listeners do, like collect comic books or some dumb shit. So at least they're trying to contribute something. I read comic books. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I am hurt and offended, sir. <laughs> Superman and the case for the missing dick. <laughs> anyway... Back to Paul Benowitz. <laughs> it's like Superman crossed with the Hardy Boys. Like, gee whiz! Gee Jilliker, Superman. <laughs> okay. I'd like to follow that culprit, but like the last 20 books, their license plate was caked with mud. <laughs> Back to Dr. Paul Benowitz. Okay. Biscuit. If you had noticed strange lights in the sky and strange radio transmissions, what would you do with this information? Shit and die. That's a strange thing to do with that information. I don't think I'd go to, like, a government agency with it. They'd be like, well, we gotta get rid of your ass. Well, that's funny that you say that, because that's exactly what Paul Benowitz did. And that's what I figured he did, but... <laughs> By kind of preempting it, like, I don't think I'd do what he did. I think I'd just turn the other way and be like, doo, 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 doo. But, okay, think about that, though. If you keep witnessing all kinds of bizarre lights in the sky and you're picking up strange radio transmissions, you wouldn't do anything about it? You'd just be like, well, uh, that looks pretty cool. Okay, time to smoke a cigarette. And Is that what I sound like? <laughs> That's, I, I would say I, that's a reasonable approximation. Uh, hey guys, I'm just gonna go smoke over here. And, uh, um, no, I, I might like to some of the closer people in my circle be like, "Hey, you should come hang out one night. There's some weird shit out there, or something." But I don't think I would go to any kind of authority with it because they've kind of over a very long stretch of time given case after case after case of, you know, if you see something you're not supposed to and you let the wrong people know, then you go bye-bye. Well, here's the thing. Benowitz was a patriot uh, in his mind, and he was concerned about this. So he took these strange lights and these strange transmissions, and he took it to the military authorities. Good. Good. So... All that stuff I said. <laughs> now, he was very concerned about this, and even more concerned was the Air Force, who upon seeing the information that Benowitz had collected, realized that he had uh, documented experimental aircraft and top-secret aircraft, that was the Strange Lights, and the transmissions that he had been receiving were, in fact, coded transmissions broadcast by the Air Force. And those guys were, like, the security from Disco Demolition Night, so they saw that he had all this shit, and they're like, Oh, shit! The boss is gonna be sore with me! Well, that's pretty much what they did. They effectively shit their pants, like, Oh, gosh. 
this guy yeah. has figured it all out. Yeah, because again, if it's experimental aircraft, then it's supposed to be kind of hush hush. This break in audio is brought to you by Geico. We have no affiliation with Geico. Please don't sue us. It's free advertising, man. <laughs> Fuck Geico. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Well, now, here's where the twist comes in, because Paul Benowitz expressed that he thought that these lights and signals might be extraterrestrial in origin. <laughs> and they were, like, shitting their pants about being discovered with all their experiments they were doing. So they are like, um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's probably what it was. All right, off you go. That is precisely what happened. Boom! You nailed it, Biscuit. You nailed it. As I fucking do. So, basically what happened there, the uh, office of... Now i got to look this up, because I've already forgotten. See, here's the thing. You have so many, like, three-letter acronyms in your American system that it just gets ridiculous trying to remember them all. Like, beyond CIA, FBI, like, there's just... It's, it's a bunch of... Why are there so many? There shouldn't be so many. We have so many that when Rick Perry was running for president, he forgot the name of one of the ones that he wanted to abolish. And now he uh, runs it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, God. I'm so angry. Go well, ahead. One day we'll just have to, like, have a whole episode on American politics so you can just let it all out. Oh, God. I'm so mad right now. <laughs> Tell me a story. Okay. So, anyway, uh, he's put in touch with uh, Sergeant Richard Doty of the Office of Special Investigations, OSI. Yay! <laughs> so, Doty's task is to basically convince Benowitz that beyond a doubt, yes, everything that you've witnessed is extraterrestrial. That's... you got to be having that assignment being explained to you and you're like you want me to do what well apparently it seemed normal to him i guess this is kind of a thing like the whole disinformation campaign like if someone figures it out lead them in a direction that makes them look stupid or incredible well that's just american politics in general at this point um the whole way anybody stays afloat regardless of their position is just create chaos around them as much as possible so that nothing looks credible anymore. So I guess this is kind of an early look at that. Par for the course, I guess. Uh, couldn't be prouder. Mm -hmm. Here's where Damn things... <laughs> the, uh, let me tell listeners right now that as I tell this story, I want you all to take everything with an incredible grain of salt. First and foremost, because Benowitz himself was led down a path that eventually drove the poor guy to a breakdown, a mental breakdown. And he had issues with mental illness later on. He was institutionalized. So not everything that we can hear from him is credible because of that, and also because he was being fed information. But on the other hand, the things that you're going to hear about this handler, effectively, Richard Doty, uh, not a lot of the things that he has said line up to full completion like people have investigated his claims as well and you have to wonder how much of it is reality and how much of it is still shrouded in secrecy so just basically take this all in strides it really is like where we are today pre us being here today where it's just when something inconvenient comes up, the solution in America is to just break it until nobody fucking listens to it anymore. It is, mm -hmm. it is fucked. And God, I am going to have to think about some things after this, but go on. Okay, so let's go on. So now Benowitz is in contact with this uh, Doty, uh, who is effectively working as a sort of a, a disinformation agent against Venowitz. And what he's doing is he started to manufacture information and give it to Benowitz to confirm the notion 
like confirm in quotation marks, to confirm the notion that Benowitz had witnessed extraterrestrial activity. I got, I got a joke. Uh, it's more like Richard Dowdy because he didn't <laughs> believe him. <laughs> I'm trying to decide if that's going to end up on the cutting room floor or not. I think you're just going to leave that one into fucking embarrassment. Probably, probably. So uh, I love you too, buddy. <laughs> So I want you to try and grasp the absurdity of this situation. You have a man who's witnessed top secret activities. He's brought it up out of, you know, patriotism to his country, his fear that, you know, something is amiss. And in return, agents of his country are now trying to lead him down the full path to believing the false assumption so that he will sound so incredible or ridiculous to people he tells the story to that they won't believe the truth of what he really has discovered. Yeah, loyalty to one's country is such a farcical thing because if you become a problem to your country, and this is not just us, this is any country in the world, if you become an issue, they will fucking throw you under the bus so fast it'll make your head spin. Well, that seems to be exactly what they did to uh, poor Paul Benowitz because he took the information that he was being leaked again in quotation marks leaked because this is just manufactured uh, falsities that are fed to him to help him continue his uh, his illogical conclusion and uh, he ran with it like he became a very prominent uh, UFOologist or UFO I still don't know how to say the word but UFOologist yes a prominent urologist (laughs) <laughs> it sounds even worse to say it that way. So he became this prominent UFO. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> uh, this prominent member of the UFO enthusiast community, we'll say it that way. And uh, he became so entrenched with this, and he's effectively be- being gaslighted by this agent from the government. Yeah, and their job is, and you already alluded to. Um, that being where he ended up, but their job is basically to drive him insane. Mm-hmm. This is the late 70s when this started. Uh, this went on for quite some time. And as I said, like the, the, the end of Paul Benowitz is that he became so obsessed with this. And of course, nobody's really listening to him. Like He's got what he says are documents, which are falsified, of course, proving what he thought initially and which he found very shocking and just no one will listen to him over it. So he's built up this story about what he thought was a credible leak, and it just drove him mad, basically. He's like if Alex Jones meant well. Yeah. Whereas it's it's kind of the same sort of spew coming out, except this guy's trying to do good, and the other one's a fucking dipshit. Some of that the- um, said he that he couldn't remember his kids' names because he ate chili that morning once. What? But Alex Jones was being, I, I think it was his Sandy Hook shit. I can't remember because he says so much dumb shit he gets in trouble for. But it was something. No, it was his um, it was his divorce hearings, I think, that like he was supposed to be like naming his children. He forgot part of it, and he said that he couldn't remember because he had a large bowl of chili earlier. That's true. You can look it up. This is just... <laughs> That's a real thing that happened. And if, I mean, any doubts you have, if I told you somebody said that and you had to guess who, your first guess would have been Alex Jones. I, I don't even know where to go from here anymore. That's, uh... That is one of my better derails to this point in our history. Okay. And now you get to figure out where the fuck was I? Uh, yeah. <laughs> poor Paul Benowitz suffering from delusional paranoia. <laughs> there, there we go. That poor bastard. There we Anywho. Go. Mm-hmm. Uh, since this has come out, uh, there have been you know journalists who have probed into it a little bit. Now, of course, you can get some of this information via Freedom of, Freedom of Information Acts. Uh, which I read an article on the Huffington Post where someone had actually tried to do that. But at the same time. A lot of what Benowitz discovered was real secrets. So, in a way, people 
aren't going to admit to a lot of the things that he's going to be connected with. And at the same time, it's like, why are they going to admit to, you know, gaslighting this poor guy anyway, either? Right. They don't have to admit to it. And on FOIA, um, while you technically can request anything you want and are mandated to get something back, mm-hmm. um, they can send you back documents and be like, here's the documents that you requested. And like, 98% of the text is blacked out and they have technically fulfilled their obligation. So it, you're usually when you're utilizing that, you're still not getting an answer to anything. Mm. Well, anyway, I, I can't help but feel bad for poor Paul Benowitz uh, because, and he's not the only one. Uh, Richard Doty and another man, Bill Moore, who actually became a ufologist as part of the disinformation thing. So he's an agent for the government and he's working uh, in the same UFO community as, you know, Benowitz was, admitting to doing this and to a lot of other people as well, to just sort of feeding them all kinds of bullshit, basically, to fill up the community with with things that uh, are simply untrue. And, and I can't help but ask myself, what sort of logical conclusion would these people have eventually arrived at if they didn't do this disinformation campaign. That's something that you will never get an answer to because when it comes to shit like this, there are people that for employment purposes are fucking around with it. There are people that are doing it just for laughs. You got that niche part of the community that they're just outright lunatics and it just makes this like gumbo of shit that nobody ever really discovers what's actually going on. It's kind of sad. Well, you have to scroll back the clock a little bit, too, and then think about things like this whole UFO phenomenon, the whole belief that Area 51 harbors aliens and stuff like that. How much of that community surrounding the belief that extraterrestrials are here and that they're working with the American government or that we've captured their technology, how much of that all follows a DNA chain back to this kind of stuff. Maybe we wouldn't even uh, have this weirdness if it wasn't for this. Uh, an overwhelming majority of it starts around this area. I mean, there's there's always been people looking up at the sky and like going, wow, that's a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, in Area 51 is... There's a reason that people that have no interest in extraterrestrial life or any of that stuff, you can say Area 51 and they know exactly what you're talking about. It is mm-hmm. it is the centerpiece of all. It's really it's the centerpiece of like conspiracy theory in general, even outside of aliens. Mm, pretty much, yeah. Oh, anyway. It's the most famous one I can think of. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I mentioned Kirtland Air Force Base, but nobody really gives a shit about that now. It's all about Area 51. It's the one that everyone goes to. Right. The Air Force Base was an afterthought to me. I mean, I knew it when you said it, but ain't nobody talking about that one. And, you know, crazy guys with a caravan holding up a sign outside of that. Well, maybe there are. I'm not sure. Maybe it's just not as famous. Okay, fine. But (laughs) I thought I made my goddamn point. You did. You did. And it is a good point. But here's a point that I'd like to make, and I think it's one worth mentioning, and then maybe we'll wrap this up. But let's think about this for a moment. So Paul Benowitz is an ordinary citizen who noticed this, and then in order for the military to keep the secret that he had discovered, so basically these experimental aircraft and these coded transmissions, to keep that a secret, they convinced him that he was witnessing aliens. Think about the people who would actually want this information. So this is back in the the late 1970s, early 1980s that this is all happening. The people who would want this information the most would be Russian spies. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Are we done? Yeah, I ran out of breath. Uh, Okay, I I wasn't trying to say that as any sort of big revelation, but think about it this way. If a dude living near an Air Force base can figure this out, then so can a Russian spy just walking by, right? I suppose that's true, yes. And the Russian spies, the ones who could actually use this information to do harm, I guess, aren't going to be dissuaded by the whole UFO business. 
No, they're very, very persistent fuckers. Yeah. So why the fuck even bother? Like they're trying to hide something which Russian spies have probably already figured out. They're trying to hide it within their own citizens. And if just a dude living near an Air Force base can figure it out, you figure that the Russians have probably already done it. And if they haven't, then, you know, you still have to look at that and say, you know, they probably could figure this out very easily. If a dude can pick up our coded transmissions and see the the fancy aircraft lights, then we've got a bigger problem here. I mean, if that wasn't true then, it certainly is by now, because... Um, I mean, we got, uh, I'm going to go back to our good man, Donnie, no uh, boy. you know, he, I mean, he's going to Russia now. Like, what do you want to know, sir? <laughs> so if, if they didn't pick it up then now, and we had some secret intel that they weren't able to get their hands on, then we fucking give it to them the last couple of years anyway. So yay us. The point I'm trying to make is that it seems like. <laughs> yeah. American. That I just stomped all over. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's worth saying, too. I mean, it, you didn't really stomp all over it. It, it, it. The point is, is that American intelligence agencies or government agencies don't seem to have the greatest amount of foresight when it comes to these things. They created a movement around disinformation that spawned this whole ufology movement. But at the same time, they didn't address the real problem that this information could easily be picked up by the people who aren't going to fall for this disinformation like you don't have to go far to like and again looking through all these agencies with like three letter acronyms like look at all the stupid shit that the cia has done like between like launching a bunch of coups in south america and all kinds of you know government manipulation stuff and and there's no proof that election was valid Like, I'm not even putting on a tinfoil hat here. Like, this is documented stuff. Like, some of it is in question. We did nothing in Venezuela! (laughs) Hey, I've only got to go back to, like, one of our episodes where we were talking about the the exploding cigar for Castro. (laughs) Yep. That, talk about documented, that is a real thing we tried to do. Yeah, and, like, that's just the stupidest thing ever. Like, not only is it a bad idea to try and assassinate a world leader, but to do it by putting, like, dynamite in a a tobacco product, it's like, what were they thinking? And and here, I just have to ask the same sort of thing. Like, this is the the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, well, that's... It's the dumbest way to deal with it. They should have just said to him, like, look, this is top secret stuff. We would prefer you not to go to the media... And we'd prefer not to tell you any more about it, but it's it's not aliens, right? It's like you've actually come across something, and we'd like to work with you to see how you found this information yeah, out. That is what you do. You go, hey, you must be kind of a smart guy if you picked up on this shit. We're going to give you a bunch of money to come work with us and be on our side, and... You're going to shut the fuck up about this, right? And then everybody's all happy about it. But that's not how government agencies work. It's, we got a problem, let's burn it to the ground, we will deal with the fallout later. And and it always seems to, like, you know, backfire in their face. Yeah, it, the mess they create by blowing up the initial problem is always harder to clean up than the problem initially would have been if they just used a little tact, a little guile, a little, okay, let me think about where this guy's coming from, as opposed to, let's just ruin their fucking life, and that should take care of it. But and we still use that tactic today. It, it reminds me of a story, and again, going back to like secret government agencies and secret government aircraft, about uh, the U-2 spy plane. I don't know how familiar you are with that, Biscuit. U-2 had a spy plane? <laughs> Nothing to do with Bono. Who? Well, actually, the, the band is named after the spy plane produced yeah, by America. Yeah, 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 That is I fucking an- hate that guy. That's an excellent impersonation of Bono. But uh, referring to the spy plane, right? The Americans... <laughs> I just imagine he just walks around at all times doing that. <laughs> like he gets out of bed to go and make a coffee. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah! <laughs> or he hires somebody to just, like, be five feet away from him at all times. It's just going, yeah, 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 yeah! <laughs> 
Okay, I'm going to try and wrap this up before we lose ourselves in any more tangents. But America developed this spy plane called the U-2. Please, no more yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, okay, so, no, no, no. And, uh... Shush. <laughs> <laughs> they developed a spy plane to spy on the Soviet Union, and it could fly higher than any other plane ever made before. And it couldn't be detected by the Soviets, and it couldn't be shot down by the Soviets. Until technology advanced and eventually they shot it down right so they've got this spy plane that you know has been shot down over soviet territory and the cia is, is like oh shit we have to you know cover this up so what they did was they painted a nasa logo on a u2 plane put it on a truck and drove it down to the nasa headquarters in florida and did a big press release like oh look at our new weather plane did we fool you? I'm not asking that for any particular reason. And, of course, they were assuming that the pilot had died in the, you know, attack on this aircraft, which he did not. And the Soviets were just sitting on this information, waiting for America to come up with some explanation that they could embarrass them over. And they did. Yep, as we do. <laughs> so, I mean, this this is the kind of, you know, three, again, the three-letter acronym organizations that we're talking about here. They don't have a lot of foresight. And to think that these people are competent enough in the long run to be hiding aliens and alien technology at Area 51, no, man. It just, no. And that's the larger point that we've come back around to, is there is no fucking way on this planet that if it was there somebody wouldn't have spilled the beans in some indisputable here's evidence way either on purpose to get exposure and to get likes on twitter because the people are fucking petty or accidentally one way or the other there's no fucking way it would not have happened by now mm. anyway Biscuit, what have we learned from this? Donald Trump has a small penis. <laughs> I think one thing that we should all take away from this is that you have to step back and analyze the conspiracy theory that you believe in because the conspiracy theory that you think is true might actually be the one that the government wants you to run with in order to distract you from what's really going on. Oh, that's absolutely true. There's so many of them out there that the beast is fed because it's easier for them if there's a bunch of people running around with some stupid-ass theory that are immediately discredited than if they're able to look a little deeper and see what's going on. Because if they have something credible to bring to the table, I, I don't know if it's true anymore. It would have been a few years ago, but people are going to take notice. Mm -hmm. They're going to mm -hmm. get mad. They're going to want something to change. Mm -hmm. But if you reinforce the stupid theory they're coming with, people are just going to look at them and say, well, that guy's a fucking idiot. I'm not going to listen to him. And the problem goes away, more or less. Mm -hmm. In a way, yeah. So um, that that's a fun look into how things operate at a national and global level. Is th They don't want us to live. They don't want us around. They just want themselves and another level of elites under them to be around. And we're just meat walking around that they're picking which pile of bullshit to feed to so that we're all complacent and we all sound like a bunch of fucktards which I naturally have that talent I don't need them to give me lines to sound <laughs> stupid but but I mean this this really is what's going on okay so uh, have a great day everybody we're all just more grist for the mill <laughs> yeah and this is tinfoil biscuit signing out <laughs> Biscuit, would you like to plug anything? Um, for myself, no. I'm going to plug one of our boys, Mr. Casanova Valentine, on October 5th in beautiful Hoboken, New Jersey. Um, he will be having a title match against Homicide, and that's going to be a banger, so y'all motherfuckers should go. There if we go. If you're in Jersey anyway, which I'm so sorry if you are. No, I <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, Casanova Valentine, friend of the show and all-around great guy. Definitely check him out. Uh, if you haven't heard of him before, you can go back to, I think it's our third episode where Biscuit it's, interviews him. Yep, episode three, and I am working on doing another one with him. But it's, he's a busy man, so it could be a minute. But I'm working on that again, you dummy dumbs. Okay. Okay, so I'd like to remind listeners that we are available on SoundCloud as our primary account and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn now, new thing, and... Oh, jeez, I've already forgotten. What's the stream? TuneIn now, new thing. <laughs> <laughs> Spotify. Why can't I remember Spotify? <laughs> We're on Spotify. No, shush. <laughs> We're on Spotify now as well. Listen to us on the podcast thing of our choice. Email us bigbadnonsense at gmail.com or tweet us at bigbadnonsense. Thanks a lot for listening. It's great to know that you've been here with us. And Sock is out. Later, fuckers. Oh, I'd pay to see that. You would? <laughs> I think a lot of people would. If you actually succeeded in farting a balloon. Uh, I mean, that's something that if it doesn't go right, then it goes really wrong. <laughs>